everyone, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Faith Podcast. My name is Emily, and today we're going to be talking about Bible 101, uh, which I feel like I should have maybe started this whole season off with, but I'm going to do it now because I think it's really cool. So I'm going to talk about some like Bible basics, some Bible reading tips and suggestions, and just kind of hopefully give like a FYI, a rundown on like some, yeah, just some kind of basic things that will be helpful for someone who's trying to read the Bible for the first time or someone who's getting back into it. But I also think this is going to be helpful for like anyone who reads the Bible because it's always nice to learn something new. So before we dive into it though, I want to quickly jump into the fact that I started a website with the podcast. It's called Monday Morning Faith at Weebly, sorry, mondaymorningfaith.weebly.com. And I would love for you guys to check it out because um, I've got lots of free biblical resources. I've got Bible studies, Bible discussions. I've got wallpapers. Um, I've got flashcards with like scriptures, um, lots of fun, free stuff. And I'd love for you guys to check it out and pass it along, um, to different people. And yeah, it's just free, fun resources, um, that are similar to what I'm doing on the podcast. Um, but anyways, let's jump into Bible 101, um, firstly, I just want to say that, um, I want to give a quick rundown and I'm sorry if some of you are Christians and you've been, you know, know this for a long time, but I do want to just quickly say that when it comes to Christianity, we look at, um, God who is three in one. Um, you can think of it as three ways of showing himself and, uh, I hate the term manifesting with the way it's been appropriated these days, but the term manifesting himself, like, the way he exhibits himself in us. Um, So that being God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is in every um, believer. So if you say, God, I believe in you, he gives you his spirit. Now, some people say they experience like a big physical sensation when that happens. Other people say they experience nothing. Um, You know, it's different for everybody. And um, the Holy Spirit is how he communicates with us it's like our heart our body our mind um and then sometimes it's a way that god speaks to us and communicates with us and he puts different things in our hearts and our minds and it's always very physically felt when that happens some people would call it gut feeling or like kind of like a adrenaline rush and um it's different for everyone but without getting too much into it um that is the holy spirit um and so when it's referred that way in the Bible, you can see how um, God uses himself in that way in us as people. And that was a gift that was given when Jesus died on the cross. So before Jesus, we didn't have the Holy Spirit um, or Jesus. <laughs> but when Jesus died, he, he gave us his spirit to, to all that. Um, yeah, he, to all of us. And so um, that's like. Basically, you can think of it as we have a a bit of Jesus in each of us. And so when God prompts us to do and say certain things, it's through the Holy Spirit. It's a part of Jesus inside of us. Um, And then, of course, we have God the Father. Um, Some people think of him like a soccer coach, like an angry, like, football coach or hockey coach, like, screaming, like, very angry all the time. But um, I would encourage you to not ever look at um, God as an angry father or coach but to look at him as just a loving um a loving and caring and supportive father um and when I say supportive I don't mean supportive of you know things that are 
hurtful to us. I mean, supportive in the fact that he loves you and wants the best for you. Um, and he does everything he can to, to, uh, to love us and show us that love um, and cultivate a relationship with us. So that is a brief synopsis of uh, God. Um, give you a quick little lesson about the Bible. Um, there's the Old Testament and the New Testament. The um, Old Testament is all about um, God the Father. And then in the New Testament, we see um, how um, Jesus impacts uh, everything so, so greatly. And the birth of Christianity and um, the Holy Spirit um, upon us. And um, so that's the separation between the Old and the New Testament. And um, there's 66 books in total. So the Bible is, yes, one big book. But then there's 66 books. Some people would probably the first time reading it think they're chapters. But they're actually called books. So um, the first five books of the Bible are... Um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, um, Deuteronomy, and Numbers. And those are each called books. And then the number, the big number, is called the chapter. And then the little number is called the verse. Um, so, for example, you could say, I was reading Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 33. Um, actually, I don't even know if that's a real verse. But anyways, um, that's just an example. And um, the each book's got like a different author or some authors have wrote multiple books in the Bible. They're all written around like um, like 1200 to like BC, like 1200 BC to like, um, you know, shortly thereafter. Like, um, you know, those are all approximations. I don't like get to, I'm not much of one for like the history and the dates and stuff. Um, I just like the approximations, but, like, I just personally like to trust that, um, everything in the book is, um, given to us by God, and, um, we ought to, to follow, um, and look to the Bible as utter truth in all things, and, you know, um, the exact, uh, dates and all that little, little stuff is, is less important than looking at it as truth. Um, and that's because everything told, the stories told, the trials and troubles are so relevant to today. You can take anything and make it relevant to today, and I, that's why I love it so much. Um, I used to think the Bible was a book of old stories of old people, and that um, it was a bunch of perfect people. But if you didn't know, it's actually a book of really, really messed up people doing a lot of messed up stuff that's really similar to today. And um, there's lots of troubles and wrongdoings and and we see throughout the Bible people that learn from their mistakes and people who don't. And um, like we can see Samson is someone who um, who's ruled by his lust and in judges. And, and he ultimately dies as a result of, um, of being captivated um, and ruled by his lust and his uh, fleshly desires. Um, and then we see someone like Paul, who used to be a Christian killer. Uh, he gets redeemed and becomes um, the the biggest writer in the in the New Testament, and he um, leads the the early Christian church and that movement, and plays like a humongous, like pivotal, pivotal role. And so we see like him learning from his mistakes. So 
um, it's nice because, yeah, there's people who learn from the mistakes, there's people who don't, but at the end of the day, everyone except for God the Father and Jesus and the Spirit in the Bible are flawed. They're just like us. And so I hope that gives you some encouragement to not look, um, to be scared or intimidated by the Bible because it's just really a bunch of stories of people like you and me. Um, and then, hmm, what else? I'm trying to think about what would be useful for you guys to know. Um, it depends, like, if you have a study Bible or a non-study Bible. Yeah, let's talk about this. So, there's um, different types of Bibles. Um, the, the first five books I mentioned in the Bible are often called the Torah by Jewish people or the Pentateuch by Christian people. And so, um, that's basically um, what Jewish people follow is the Old Testament or the first five books of the Bible. Um, Whereas um, Christians look at the whole thing, new, Old and New Testament, which includes the Torah or the Pentateuch. And so, um, yeah, they do that whole thing. And then there's different types of Bibles. I mean, some Bibles are sold with just um, versions of the New Testament. I personally have a bunch of those bought because they're very inexpensive, actually, and they're very small. And so um, I like to keep some on hand in case um, God ever were to put it on my heart to to give one to somebody, then I have some at home that I could to do that with. But there's different types. So those ones are little. Then there's like study Bibles, which have commentary. So it's like someone like me, it's kind of like, yeah, like listening to a podcast or like a sermon. It's like you're getting somebody else's opinion. Like the Bible we look to for truth, yes. But maybe you know or maybe you don't, but like when a preacher or a podcaster or a YouTuber speaks about God, um, I personally believe that, like, there's a lot more room for um, interpretation that is potentially incorrect. That's why we look to the Bible and the word for it being the ultimate truth. And then anything after that is, like, a secondary um, source. Um, So it's, um, you know, you might disagree with certain things that um, people are sharing and their interpretation of the Bible. Like, with my study Bible, there's a couple of pages I personally really disagree with. Um, and I really don't like, actually. But for the most part, I really like having a study Bible because it gives you um, just really good, like, background history type stuff of, like, it explains things that are confusing. Um, so it's nice to to have something to reference. But you can also always get, like, a Bible that's not a study Bible and then go on to like an online commentary. I use Enduring Word. It's just a website. And then you just click which book and which chapter you're on. And then you can just read the commentary throughout the verses. And that's a really good tip for studying the Bible. And like, you know, if you've grown up in church, you can probably just get away with reading the Bible and probably understanding it. Um, and like making sense of it, you know, with some light commentary or without a study Bible or like asking friends and family questions. But um, if you are new to faith and the idea of God to you is a bit newer, then reading commentary with a study Bible can be really helpful because things that seem one way might actually be another. Um, And so it's easy sometimes to take like offense. Like, um, Like, I know when I first started reading the Bible, even though I did grow up in church, um, there was a part about um, a woman who was uh, sexually assaulted. And basically, she um, 
yeah, so she was sexually assaulted, and then, like, the ruling was, like, God's command was, like, that, um, like, the husband, like, had to stay married to her, or, like, the guy would have to marry her or something, and, like, I was, like, so upset that, like, the punishment would be, like, death or something, and then I wound up talking to my dad about it, and he's, like, no, the worst thing that could happen would be death, because in those days, um, people would have, uh, the woman who was assaulted would have been outcast, and she wouldn't have ever been able to find a husband, so she would never have been provided for, because back in those days, you know, you know how it goes, uh, it was completely different with women and working and whatnot, so she wouldn't have been provided for, she probably would have been, like, homeless on the streets, wouldn't have been in a good situation, so by God mandating that this guy, um, the person who assaulted her would marry her, yeah, that sounds awful, like, to marry someone who assaulted you, but at least she would be provided for, for her whole life, um, and um then even when that guy passes away then his family becomes responsible for her and um yeah so i mean you can think of that as you want whether it's fair or not in your mind but um it's just an example of one of those things where it's like if you don't like look into the context or some commentary it can be really confusing with certain things um but that's not to say you can't figure it out in your own mind like I'm, sh I'm sure whoever's listening to that is a very smart cookie, so um, just, you know, do your best, and yeah, if there's something troubling you, then definitely, definitely explore it. Don't, I think the worst thing to do is, like, if there's something that's troubling you or you don't understand is just to, like, give up on it or, you know, to just let it, yourself be upset over something like that. It's like, no, it's better to just, yeah, get some context and figure out what's going on and work through that. Um... So that's my advice, is to seek um, commentary or whatnot. There's also different types of translations of Bibles, um, and that can get really confusing. But I'll give you a quick little um, recommendation. There's a common English Bible, which is a bit of a mix between old language and new. Then there's the NLT, New Living Translation, which is like similar to the common English Bible, CEB. So they're both like kind of similar in the fact that it's a bit of old language mixed with new. My favorite is the NIV, the new, um, oh my gosh, why can't I remember it? The new international version. And I like that one because you get like a little bit of the old language for sure, but like it's nothing that you can't understand. And it, it's with just kind of words that you would know what they mean. And so it's not like you have to look up a bunch of words all the time, and then it's like, it just flows really easily, it's really beautiful, it's kind of like the most commonly used, so if you look at like a verse quote, or like a, if you're listening to a sermon, they're more likely to use that translation probably, and so that's why a lot of people use it, but I think it just makes the most sense, it's the easiest to read, um, so I really like it for that reason, and when I compare it with other translations, I usually always go back to that one as my favorite. Um, there's also something called the message, which is, like, an artistic interpretation of, um, different, yeah, it's kind of, like, yeah, more, art, it's newer, so it was done in, like, the 1900s, whereas, like, all these other ones were quite a bit earlier than that, but it's, like, a kind of, yeah, more of an artistic interpretation, and it's got its own beauty to it. I would look at it, it a little bit less than truth. Um, like, it, I wouldn't look at that the same way I would another Bible translation because it is so elaborated on. 
but it's still really beautiful and kind of like puts it in a very understandable way with the way it's written. But it is a bit longer and more elaborate and more artistic, so um, do with that information what you will. But I don't think I would recommend that for anyone's first Bible, um, just because I think, yeah, in the in the art of it, you lose a bit of the, the accuracy. So I would, um, that's kind of like a fun one for like a second or third, third Bible. Um, then there's the KJV, which is um, known notoriously for being the most accurate because it's all like super old language, like really hard to understand unless like you're into Shakespeare and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's super accurate, but I don't really... I know a lot of people who like grew up with that being like the first translation they read. I think it's a bit unapproachable, although like it is accurate, so I'm not slamming it for that. But I would totally pick the NIV for um, a first Bible or um, for someone who wants to get back into reading the Bible um, or for someone who just is going to want to read something they can understand easily. So I would go NIV, which is the new international version. Um, and then, yeah, up to you if you would choose to read a study Bible or not. But, um, yeah, like I was saying, like, the study Bible gives context. So, like, for each book, so, for example, the Gospel of Matthew, it gives me information about the author, um, the date of when it was approximately written, some of the background, like, where the book was written, like, the, any kind of historical or political significance at the time. Just, like, that super contextual type stuff. Sometimes I find that stuff important. Sometimes I find it a bit of a snooze fest. That's just me being honest. Um, and um, they also talk about like kind of like the major themes. And then um, for study Bibles, they often have like graphs and charts of like, um, like for example, they have like one where it's like a step in commitment and then one on like faithfulness. And like, like they have different like blurbs and stuff based on like whatever the text is. Um, so that's sometimes fun to read, but like I said, it's really like, a, it's more of an opinion than like the Bible. So sometimes that can get confusing because if you're looking to the Bible to find out the truth and God's truth, and then you read the study Bible blurb, and then it's kind of like a bit different than that, then I think sometimes it gets confusing as to what's truth and what's not. Um, so that's kind of like a bit of a caution, but for the most part, they're like, they're super accurate, but they are an opinion. So it's like you have to realize what's the opinion and what's the truth. Um, just like my podcast, right? It's just my opinion. Um, but yes, it's based on the Bible. But it's also my opinion. So um, you have to do with that what you will, right? Um, and um, there's also a Bible app and it's literally called the Bible app. And it is so good. Like actually like incredibly good. Like, if you're, like, listening to this and you're like, okay, you've lost me, um, and you're like, I would, I'm just not really a big book person, or, like, I don't want my, whatever, boyfriend I live with to see, my mom to see, like, you know, if you are a bit more, whatever, more of, like, a private person or something, then, like, I would recommend definitely check out the app. But I would also say that never underestimate the significance and um, relevance of you being willing to to buy a Bible, even though you think that it might bring a bit of, bit of resistance at first with whoever might see it. But um, 
you know, what a beautiful thing it is for someone else to be encouraged by, by you and your faith or your journey, um, and seeking God. But, um, the Bible app, I mean, I use the Bible app too, and I have a Bible, so you can, anyone can use it. It's, it's a great app. So basically you just like select what you want to read and then it just kind of shows a text on the phone and you can highlight different things, which is lots of fun. And then, um, you can do like, they have like a daily like guided prayer where it like walks you through like a scripture something to pray about it's kind of I think it takes about like four to five minutes in total um so it's like a good daily practice if you're just like exploring like and just trying to get into things uh for the first time but it's also good if you're like um been a Christian for a while and you're like oh I just kind of want something new to try so um definitely check it out. I love it. It's free, by the way. Everything's free on there. So if you're like, I don't want to buy a Bible. I'm not that invested. Um, yeah, you can definitely check that out. And it's just called the Bible app. Um, and they also have like a daily um, scripture and you can get like a notification on your phone for like what the daily scripture is. Because um, I know like it can be hard when you're first seeking or if you're going through a season where it's a lot of push and effort to seek sometimes it's nice just to get the notification or read the scripture of the day and be like you know what sometimes even just reading that is enough and then thinking about it um like you got to do whatever um whatever you can right and it looks different at different points in your life um sometimes people read the bible every day and sometimes it's a really big push to just read that one scripture so um whatever whatever that looks like for you right um to just grow with god and you know seek him um, another, like, kind of basic fact is that there's, like, um, oh, actually, no, never mind, before I say that, um, for buying Bibles, if you're, like, looking, you can go to, like, a local bookstore, like, any of the Indigo chapters, I don't know, about the U.S., like, whatever, whatever bookstores you have near you will probably have one, there's also usually local biblical bookstores um depends where you live I guess but um you can get them there but also like I've gotten a few for friends on Amazon and they're typically much cheaper on Amazon and those little New Testament copies I was telling you guys about earlier are literally three dollars each um the Bibles on there are usually more like 20 to 40 but still like not a bad price so that's kind of interesting but like I said the Bible app's also free too um, okay, now on to something completely different, um, which is, um, the Gospels, um, there's four books, so it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they're four of the disciples of Jesus, and then disciples means, um, kind of like friends or students, um, and so, yeah, they're four of the twelve that followed Jesus throughout his, um, his ministry or his life, ministry meaning, like, uh, kind of like Christianity as an occupation is how we could think of it. And that covers anyone from like uh, janitors at churches to um, the Sunday school teachers to um, pastors. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what ministry means. Anything that's kind of like um, like Christianity sort of like as a profession or as a job, basically. Um, and so each of those four disciples, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each wrote a book about God, and then they're called the Gospels, um, and it's all about who Jesus is, what he did, and, like, why he's our God, and then it shows, um, 
it cross-references all the scripture of the Old Testament, and it shows how, like, all the prophecies and all the, the things that were said in the Old Testament were fulfilled by Jesus, which is actually quite miraculous, because there was a lot of different things that were forecasted or to be said, and that's what prophecy is. It's kind of like a, a it's like a prediction or a confirmation um, type of thing. It's, it's kind of complicated. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about that um, if you're just um, checking this out for, yeah, I wouldn't worry about prophecy too much, but you can always look into it and like watch a YouTube video or something about it. That's always a good way to figure out a new concept, but, um, actually, I maybe I'll do a podcast episode about that. That would be a good idea, but so stay tuned for that. I'll definitely do that. Um, then, yeah, so we look to the gospel. So just, it's all about the life of Jesus. And if you, are like, hmm, where should I start in the Bible? Most people will tell you to start in the Gospels. Um, Most people say Mark, because Mark is the shortest book of the Bible. But I would tell you to start in Matthew, because I love the book of Matthew. That one, to me, I just, I like the way it's written better. Sorry, Mark. And um, if you're reading the Gospel, like I did for the first time, and you're like, this is confusing, because I'm pretty sure I'm just reading the same book four times. You kind of are. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John um, didn't really collaborate when they wrote their books, but they were all there for the same events. So each of the books covers like a lot of the same events. So it sounds really similar. So like my two favorite um, books of Matthew are Matthew and John, the first book and the last book. I just like the way they're written, um, but um, each each of them is really good. And the most beautiful thing and why... the Bible just in my mind is so valid. Once again, it's my opinion why it's so valid is because um, these four people who experienced the four same event, all these events, like their accounts are so accurate. Yet they didn't write these together. Um, like the the way it's told, the accuracy is like between the four books is just crazy. Um, and same with the accuracy of Jesus fulfilling the prophecies we mentioned earlier. Like the accuracy of like what was said. And then what was fulfilled. Um, so that's really beautiful. And it's nice because you don't have to do your own work and like piece that together. Like if you're reading the gospel and they're quoting one of those old prophecies from the Old Testament, they actually put it in quotes. And then at the bottom of that paragraph, they'll say like, um, they'll say where it was from in the Old Testament so that you can you can see what verse they're talking about or what. Yeah, so that's like really helpful, actually. Um, so I would totally recommend starting in Matthew and John that's the best way like if you're reading the Bible for the first time best way for sure to like um understand like who Jesus is why he's important and like why it matters and then some other books like I'd recommend reading is the book of Ruth um it's just kind of the story about like uh, a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law and um just how like God provides for them in like a really really awful circumstance of their her husband and um, her son dying. Um, and then, yeah, just a beautiful story about how God provides for them. Um, and then how they go from, yeah, despair and um, being upset with God to, to trusting him. And so that's a really good book um, to read as well. Um, also, the Psalms are beautiful. It's kind of like poetry or like little song. Yeah, like I'd say mostly like poetry. Um, there's a lot of them, but they're all really good. So 
you can't go wrong with that. And it also is good because it, it tells you about God's character, which is definitely really important for when you're exploring the Bible and exploring um, a relationship with God and trying to grow with him. Because in reading the Psalms, you just get to hear all about God's amazing faithful character, him being our rock, our shield, our refuge, um, that like caring person who's um, just always with us. And that's kind of like the main themes of the Psalms. And it's just beautiful, very encouraging. Um, I'd also recommend like reading Proverbs. I wouldn't start with Proverbs, but like um, Proverbs is one of the good first like books to head out and check out because it's all about kind of like morals. Um, it's written, um, by one of, uh, the kings that, um, ruled, um, with God's help and he basically just outlines, like, some really, like, great, like, wisdom and it's just, like, super applicable to today's day and age. It's all about, yeah, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, um, and then just kind of moral principles. So that one's, um, definitely excellent as well. Hmm. I'm trying to think of where else is a good starting point, but I think, yeah, definitely, I think Gospels is a good first place. Um, and then, yeah, checking out something like Ruth or the Psalms or Proverbs after is also um, good places to go. But you can also read online too, and if you are seeing different things that seem interesting, you can totally check that out. Oh, I'd also say Genesis. Genesis, it's like, you kind of got to stick it out for like a little bit there. Um, because it's kind of like talking about tribes and stuff and it's like that's okay like you can just get through that part but it's all about creation and it's all about like some of the first of God's people and how they messed up like royally um over and over again and then you get to the part about um uh why can't I say his name Joshua yeah it's all about Joshua at the end there. And it's like just a really good. No, it's not about Joshua. It's about Joseph. Oh my gosh. Sorry. I don't know why all of a sudden I like could not understand what I was saying. Let me double check that it's Joshua. I Sometimes I get confused between Joshua and Joseph. I'm not good with names sometimes, which is like not good for doing something like this podcast. <laughs> okay. It is Joshua. I was right. I think. Anyways. So. Um, the end of Genesis is all about Joshua and just an amazing story of God's provision. So also provision means providing. So God providing. It's an amazing story of that and just um, kind of like an underdog story. So if you like a good underdog story and just hearing about creation, definitely check out Genesis. Um, now I want to quickly talk about and I know that's not technically about the Bible, but like I do want to talk about it because one thing I wish someone had taught me was kind of like how to pray. Because I did learn how to pray when I was a kid, but then I wish when I was like a teenager or young adult someone taught me. So um, there's so many different ways to pray. Like, I mean, you can do it in your head, out loud. Um, you can quote, like, and how you sit or like put your hands is totally your business. Like, you can do whatever you want. Like, um, and, you know, I usually just close my eyes and, like, pray in, I usually pray in my head, but I try and talk out loud more often nowadays, um, but, you know, not everyone ha is able to do that, you know, if you're at work or, like, someone's home with you or something, you might want to just do it in your head, 
But then it's like, you just want to bring forth everything that's troubling you, that's on your mind, about yourself, about situations. And then also it's good to pray about other people, people you care about, like your family or your friends or um, your community or um, an institution that's troubling you. And so you can bring it all to God and just kind of talk to him like you would a friend and tell him about the situation and like what's driving you nuts about it and what you need help with. And then you can then ask him for like um, different things with that. Like you can ask him for help with healing or help with um, patience or um, that he would give you clarity to something, that he would direct you to something, that he would forgive you for something. And so um, truly it's like whatever you want to say, it's like um, those are just some examples of common prayers but, like, you can literally say anything you want um, and ask him for anything you want. Um, be careful. Well, I shouldn't say be careful, but just so you know, um, I didn't know this as a kid because I guess I forgot or something. But um, there's a thing called fleecing, which comes from a story about Gideon in the Bible and him laying a fleece down on the ground to test God for confirmation. And um, we're not asked... God says, do not test the Lord your God. So we're not supposed to really test God and be like, okay, God, if you want me to um, to accept the job offer, would you please turn on and off the lights? Like, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, we're not supposed to test God. Um, the better prayer would be, God, would you please put it in my heart um, what, whether or not I should t- accept this job offer and would you please give me confirmation um, if this is your will? that this is something I should do? Or would you please confirm that this is not something I should do um, and that it is not your will? So that's how we're called to pray about things. Um, And then we also are told to pray with thanksgiving. So it's good to have a sense of gratitude and thanks. And it's important um, to thank God for everything he has done in our lives. Um, And if, you know, you are newer to praying and you're not really sure like what God has done specifically like for you um you can just start with like thinking about a list of gratitude like things you're thankful for like you know a roof over your head food um clothes certain friends and family members um just kind of stuff like that like make a list of gratitude and just pray over that and be like I thank you God for these things and um try and see his hand in it and try and see um Try and see it as him giving it to you, not you earning it, um, which is a major theme of the Bible. Um, that it's it's a deception to think that we have um, created and made these things and achieved these things for ourselves, when really it's it's God giving us such blessings. Um, and so that's kind of an interesting theme. And then petition. So the last kind of step to prayer is you don't just do it once. You try and do it all the time. And some prayers, I mean, I could pray for an hour if I had, like, wanted to, I guess, but some prayers are under two seconds. I mean, my mom has a thing where she has, like, a a list of people, and she just says, God, you know, God, you know, God, you know, after their name, because, um, well, my mom prays for a lot of people, so it would take forever in a day if she, um, if she did it, it'd be, like, a full-time job if she didn't do it that way, but it's a really good idea, um, but it God also does call us to pray specifically as well. So we're supposed to, he likes talking to us and it's important that we talk to us and talking to him um, 
is when he's able to talk back to us, not like a human does, but, um, although some people believe, and I do believe personally, that he can talk to you and, you know, like a voice in your head, you know, almost sort of like that, but, um, we, we should seek to constantly talk to him, um, so it's important to, to build off time to pray to him about everything that's going on in our lives and to invite him in, um, inviting him in is a huge thing, and that's what prayer does, um, it says that I'm not just going to try and handle this myself, but I know that you're in control, God of all things, so I'm going to invite you in to help me with this, so, um, definitely would recommend you doing that, um, and, allow God to to help you with the things you're struggling with, including the things like coming to him, like telling him, God, I'm struggling coming to you. Can you help me with this? That kind of stuff. And then, yeah, sorry, to get back, petition. So you repeat this often. You come to him and you just talk to him about everything. And I can say personally, um, the more I talk to God, the better I feel. It's just sometimes I feel like um, this weird feeling of... Um, kind of not like dread but like procrastination like sometimes I feel like my mind will like procrastinate praying even though like there's something really bothering me and I want to just sit down and take like five minutes and just really give it to God it's like it's like almost like I get this procrastination it's like I do believe that's the enemy did you know trying to put up blocks between me and his relationship but um whenever I push through that that feeling then I feel way better and I'm always like so refreshed afterwards and um yeah I mean sometimes praying is hard about really hard things and um there's a lot of emotion that's with it but God's there to feel that emotion with you and that's why you should totally check out the gospels because you get to read about how God has felt every nasty human-like emotion you've ever felt and when Jesus was here on earth I mean he faced betrayal by some of his closest friends and especially by one in particular, Judas. You can read all about that, um, about Jesus and Judas in the Bible. And it's like God has felt painful, painful things. And um, as when he was in human form here on earth, and that's why we can trust him with our human pain because he knows what it's like. He humbled himself and came um, to this earth as a man so that we can trust him um, with the human experience. So... Um, if you're looking for that recipe for prayer, if you write down Philippians 4, 6 to 7, that's the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So that's his promise that the when you pray, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Um, and it, there we see God telling us to pray to him with petitions, so like I said, regularly, and then with thanksgiving, so we're thanking him and being gracious and showing gratitude, and then, you know, just giving him everything, presenting him with all of our requests for us, for others, for things, for just the whole world, really, like anything you want. So we can give that all to him. Um... Yeah, so that's probably about it. Um, I don't want to be too overwhelming, and I definitely checked a lot of info, but in terms of, like, Bible tips for reading the Bible, I would say 
Um, I like using a highlighter, although not everyone does. Um, I like using a highlighter because it helps me remember, remember better. And I like looking back on favorite parts. Um, I'm at the point now where I'm pretty sure like every page, the entire page is like practically highlighted, which kind of defeats the purpose of highlighting, but it makes me happy. So I'm going to keep doing it. Um, so yeah, like you can just read one verse a day, like through like the Bible app, like a verse a day kind of thing and really think about that and like how that might apply to your life. Um, it's good though, to check out the context of like how that verse was said, if you're able to. Um, cause that kind of clues you into the way in which it was used, um, which can be more helpful to you. Um, and then, or you can read like a chapter, um, and really think about the overarching theme and like whatnot, or you can like try and read like on mass, like quickly, like, um, I mean, I read the entire Bible in seven months, which is very fast. Um, and I was reading like without really pausing too much to like, meditate on anything and then now like I'm you know more slowly going through the books and like really like giving thought to specific verses and chapters and and themes and um really picking that apart I'm using commentary now the first time I read the bible I did not use commentary um but then now I do enjoy using commentary to to pick out the context um and to get a deeper understanding and then um yeah so you can pace it however you want um I think some people it helps to have a goal. Some people a goal like puts too much pressure on it. So I know there's people who say I read a verse a day, a chapter a day, um, you know, that kind of thing. So whatever's on your heart and um, I would just encourage you to, in whatever way you can, spend time reading God's word every single day, whether it's just a Bible verse on the app or opening a Bible and reading a verse or reading a chapter, or multiple chapters, like, whatever way, just, um, I would find a way to incorporate God's word into your life every single day, um, because, um, a relationship with him is just so much better than anything else in this entire world, and I can promise you of that, um, because that's his promise, and I personally have lived that and felt that, and I believe that, and want you to feel that for yourself too, so, um, let me pray over you guys real quick, and, We'll call it a day. Dear Lord, I just thank you for anyone listening to this right now. And I ask that you would strengthen them as they seek you. um, Strengthen them as they turn to you and seek your word. And I just ask that you would reveal to them um, that they would come to you with expectation of hearing from you every time they seek you. And that you would would fill their hearts with, um, with your word and your love and kindness. And that they would see and feel your compassion and just your grace and mercy that you give to all, all who uh, love you and seek you. And so I just ask that as we read and as we learn and grow, um, that you would reveal to us um, the things that we don't understand, um, things that feel hidden and far off, that you would bring to light and that you would encourage us um, and put people in our lives to encourage us in learning as well. And that you would... Um, be our resource and that your word would be our resource in all things at all times and that through prayer we would seek you um, and talk to you about the the scripture we're reading talk to you about what we're reading the bible what we're troubled about confused about um, and that you would guide us um, um, and you're the way maker god and you make way um, for relationships with all of us so 
Um, I just ask that you would encourage everyone listening to this right now, myself included, that you would just encourage us um, as we seek you and as we turn to your word and that you would give us um, the motivation and encouragement we need to pursue a relationship with you um, and that we would uh, feel your love and just um, love you right back. And we're so grateful to have a God like you um, who is so loving. And so may we continue to seek you and a relationship with you. In the Father's name, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Anyways, guys, hope you have a great week and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.